what how do you remember like your life when you were interviewed in Southside one like volume one compared to like no was it one two two Southside yeah volume two compared to now um I feel like compared to now and being involved with Southside three um yeah when I was involved with Southside two I felt like I was just so well looking back at it now of course like when you're sort of like still in your teens I was like oh I was so young and so naive <laughs> and so like so in thinking yeah. young and dumb and, dumb. <laughs> yeah. and I was just really <laughs> sort of like but it's sort of, it's sort of almost like I admire the I guess like the trope is that ignorance is bliss but I don't think I was ignorant it's just more like I think I was just really at the starting point of willing to try a lot of things and mm. I was like like I don't know what I remember wanting to study anthropology still but I was like I don't really know what it is mm. I just seem to have been pointed in that direction mm. so I'm just going to pursue that and I really uh, was just hopeful that I would like it and that's such a fun place to be in of like well I'm going to go on this sort of like with uni especially like this three-year journey and we're going to try these things um, like I want to do well but this sort of it's not like a job where you sort of have mm. to perform every day in a way so yeah I just remember being really excited to to try a lot of yeah different things and really um curious about mm. what was upcoming um and I mean that hasn't dramatically changed now I feel like at each stage of life you're curious and excited about the next yeah. sort of thing you embark on but I feel like um yeah but I feel like I was just really earnest like mm. I always like thinking of myself as really mm. like, oh, I just want to do a good job and just try really hard yeah but, but it also just yeah. proves how like in like how just like you can learn so much at every stage of your life like you yeah just, like, within a short amount of time as well yeah yeah and I think that's the thing I that stands out to me the most is like I still remember that day like I was saying like I still remember that day um when we first that was like when we first met in person mm. and we first talked properly mm. um yeah, and I just remember it so clearly, but I, it's that weird thing about, you know, our identities. Like, we can remember who we were at that point, but we feel so different to so that. So distant from it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it yeah. feels like a huge... It feels like a, honestly, got like, lifetime difference between volume two and three, but it's almost like I can remember sort of giving my answers for both as clearly, which mm. is really bizarre. So I think that's what I think I love so much about Southside and the way um you sort of uh, formatted it and mm. and doing different editions of it as well with the same people and like mm. following up I think it really yeah it's like a pivotal moment to reflect mm. and to just really and that's I think people yeah. can remember it so like yeah. so well because I mean like a lot of people a lot of people say like okay I can't remember what I even said like mm. I don't even want to read it like mm. I'm embarrassed or whatever but like a lot of people do say like oh I remember everything mm. that I said and we spoke about this and this and I think that's why people remember because yeah they were actually forced to just like sit and reflect mm. and at, like in some cases people were like way more like their um attention to what they were saying was way more heightened because it was being recorded and and mm. like written down and it was like ending up somewhere so they wanted to yeah, yeah. really either like tell the truth or really sound sound like they're doing something great yeah, yeah yeah they wanted to articulate 
something specific almost mm. or mm. yeah they all in they a purposeful had, sort of way yeah, they yeah, had they, a purpose. With, with a normal conversation maybe yeah totally mm. so yeah you because because it's being recorded you want to like really establish who you are and like yeah. what you've achieved and what you go like what your goals are so I feel like that's like subconsciously everyone had that kind of like an agenda with what they were saying mm. and yeah that made it a kind of like a yeah a pivotal moment for pe- some people because they actually sat down and got time to reflect or like was were, were forced to because they wanted to be involved so mm. yeah yeah definitely and I feel like um and I feel like just seeing sort of your pretty much like very natural thoughts and reflections published in that mm. way as well is really confronting which I think is is a good thing it's confronting because it either shows you like yeah like like you've said this about um Southwood before as well and I think it's true to the experience of being interviewed and being involved is you really get a sense of like well yeah my journey is important in a way and what I'm doing in my you know my work or just my life is worthy of some recognition clearly mm. you know you get a good sense of like okay so then if my life does matter in this way to you know even a random person that might read mm. about it mm. then what am I going to do with it yeah so I think totally. that's a really and how you, cool yeah. thing that it, I think that's what I really like about interviewing people twice as well mm. is that like they um you can tell like in a few in like a year or two how much things have changed and like how you know like people reflect back on like you might look at your what you've done in the last year and been like oh a year ago like I wasn't doing anything productive or like I hadn't done you know what I've done now and now I deserve to have like something documented but the fact that it your life was documented like a year ago um even though you don't think that what you were doing was important like to someone it was yeah and yeah. to someone it was interesting like to me it was yeah. interesting but to you it would have been like yeah boring you know exactly. like and plain and and simple and just like your day-to-day life but that's yeah. interesting to me and then like a year later you're like oh record this because I've like done I've done yeah. my course now or I've done my like a lot of my friends have like achieved their goal of like you know starting up a label yeah. or like starting you know like a new hobby or whatever and so now they're like oh yeah now I have something to contribute and mm. I'm like but before you did have something to contribute mm. you just don't think that that's like tangible Worthy because it's or, not yeah. something like that's completely finished but yeah. it doesn't matter like I think that a goal or like something anything that you have to say is like important mm. to me and I think that's the crucial thing too is that um we're never like a finished product mm. so it's like to, in order to reflect you have to have a sort of a point to reflect back on like you have to have something documented in order to yeah acknowledge that you've yeah come a to long like way after time. that yeah mark time yeah that's something I always feel like I have to remind myself as well is like this sort of present moment is important to document because yeah the ordinary yeah because the ordinary and in then the like, future you're not going to have anything to compare it to. I was going to say about like um yeah the archiving mm-hmm. and like documentation of especially like young local artists and like especially like people of color like because in history like it hasn't been really recorded just like how just like normal our voices and Mm. like like our stories and stuff because it 
it's seen to be like not really important unless we're doing something really extravagant and great Mm. and I just think that like there's been so many like books and biographies of like white people just being like I've done like this amazing thing in my life and I'm going to write a whole book Mm, about it mm. and that's like because they have this confidence to know that what they've done is important but like for us I mean like I feel like there's like not really many biographies or like it's less common because like yeah we just like our voice is like so small and minuscule and like is seen to be like not really important if we're not doing something you know like huge and amazing yeah. but like I feel like people should just doc- like especially be p- people of color should like document their ordinary in their everyday life because yeah. like we're just we, we're people like yeah no, that's a really good point yeah I always um my mom will talk about something she did or experienced or whatever I'm like that's really like crazy or like yeah you're doing a good job or something mm. and she's like mm, nah <laughs> and I'm like, it's so common in like a lot of like yeah people of color like that i know it's never gonna be like good enough like it's sort of like always i don't know like it's it's like it's weird to sort of like boast about stuff yeah like Like it's even taboo to like boast about it because you you don't want to seem like vain or something yeah but i feel like that's because of this like history of like always having to work you know 10 times harder to get Mm. to where like a white person would be so like everything that you do just seem like all the hard work that you do um when it compares to like you know I don't know just like it just feels ordinary mm-hmm. because you do it so often that it just feels like you have to do that yeah. and that's and that becomes normal you know like even with me like I, I like for example I do something every day like especially before isolation I used to take blue somewhere every single day and we Mm. used to go out in the morning at 10 a.m and then come back at like 5 6 p.m and like everyone was like you know you're so busy you're so busy and then like after a while I was just like it just became my normal so like Mm -hmm. to me I wasn't busy I was just doing my normal thing and then when I didn't do something all day I felt really bored yeah so like that to me is like the same kind of situation as like yeah the whole like you know we have to work you know 10 times harder people of color like especially black and indigenous people mm. will have to work like so much harder than everyone else yeah. and then it just becomes like this normality so yeah. then that's how like everything that's how the the system already works like that so everyone's used to that now and they don't like white people pat themselves on the back for doing the smallest things mm. but we are so like modest and mm. just, like don't want to even acknowledge that we did something great mm so yeah I feel like our ordinary isn't just ordinary because of that reason like a lot of the people like pretty much most of the people in the book are like extraordinary because they have to do things you know 10 times more and 10 10 times harder um Mm. than a lot of people that they're surrounded by for Mm. sure yeah yeah I really want to talk more about your um your project like your um your zine slash like project that you want to start mm-hmm. like how did you think how did you like start thinking about like the topic of like sisterhood because like I've been thinking about it since we spoke about it mm. last week and I think it's like such an important thing or like I, I even think it's such a big thing that's like um shaped me as like a mum yeah, as well yeah definitely. so like yeah having blue like that's like added a whole nother layer to that whole like sisterhood thing yeah yeah mm. and I think I mean like 
and sisterhood is just sort of an iteration of um, womanhood mm. you know? of just yeah it's just like a lens to look through womanhood in a way I think in this like whether it is toward a brother toward a sister or whatever like mm. I feel like it's always sort of a reflection of that womanhood in a way mm. um, yeah I first well I feel like it's just affected my life so profoundly that I'm like I have to do something with it like I was just like I, I think anytime I've sort of like gone to a, a workshop or like done any like writing practice like you know with people that are like you know just sort of trying to um help me like establish some work it's always around like sisterhood like Mm. it just I can't escape it kind of thing Mm. um and then I went you know getting into photography as well especially like as like a couple years ago getting into film photography I was just like well what do I want to take photos of like Mm. sort of like spaces around me and um like uh travel or do I want to take sort of pictures of the lives around me that I I want to document like why do I want to take photos is because I want to document life Mm. and I feel like it can be most powerfully done by just the people that are always near you because Mm. you're the one seeing them grow every day and you're the one that like is with them through all of these different journeys that they're on Mm. so um yeah and I just saw like my uh like I just sort of reflected on my positionality within my family within society within like you know just different friendships I've had and I just felt like sisterhood was something that just shaped me so profoundly Mm. um and so many different versions of sisterhood that I witnessed over time that I was like oh this is so interesting but all of them especially like with Asian identity Mm. intermingled as well like it always um uh, just make, reminded me of duty and responsibility mm. and that's what sort of I'm centering the scene or book around because I feel like there's just this really beautiful but then also it's like that beautifully tragic thing of mm. like this indebtedness that you feel t- as a sister mm. um, and I think that manifests itself not just in like a one-to-one relationship or whatever but in how you contribute to society like mm. I think there's this feeling of needing to care for it when you are a sister like you feel this like call to nourish things mm. and to um yeah this responsibility to help them almost become better than you mm. yeah or like make them more than you yeah like you put yourself back backwards or like like you kind of stay a bit further away so that they can move yeah past you like move move yeah. forward past what you can even do yeah and i felt like that with because like i am the oldest of all my cousins and there's like I don't know how many there is now like eight or something like that and um and all the ones sort of like I was a seven year gap between me and then my sister and all the cousins born in that same year yeah and then all of them in that same year are all girls as well so that like heightened yeah that heightened like my feelings of sisterhood and made me really question like yeah what my role is in their lives as well because I'm going to be the generation older than them and what example do I set for them? Mm. Um, what do they? What might they expect of me? Like, do yeah. they want to see someone sort of succeeding in a traditional way, or do they want to see someone offering like alternative options that they can then point to in the future and be like, "Look, Jess did this, and she still did yeah. fine," and you know. So yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to like navigate that. But again, why do I feel this sense of 
responsibility. Like, yeah, because you, you're worried about how they are viewing you and how they're going to use you to step, kind of, like, use as a platform to yeah. step on a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, how they view you um, in, in terms of, like, what choices they're going to make in their life, which yeah. is crazy because, yeah, I feel like especially in Asian cultures, mm. like, it's so important, like, cousins mm. and, and, like, even family, friends, and just yeah, yeah. people who aren't blood-related to you, but, you know, that like, you call them your cousin, um, they're, like, almost, like, this... They, they're, like, as important as a brother or sister yeah, yeah. is as well. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's, like, a big thing that's kind of, like... Yeah, that duty is, like, put on us to, to like, be a role model. Mm. And especially women, yeah. like, Asian women south asian women yeah there's like such a big responsibility to like be a really good role model and like yeah yeah be like a kind of like a mini mom Mm-mm, definitely mm. and i think that that um sort of like shows most clearly in the language like what we were talking about with having different roles for like older sister and younger sister and mm. and i think that that is something pretty unique to most like asian cultures mm. um and so yeah i just think that that's interesting that the language itself shows that there's a difference and yeah like a hierarchy or like mm, a mm. not a hierarchy but yeah like a system that shows um yeah like kind of outlines like respect yeah, a little yeah. bit or like well like on our behalf as sisters like a duty it outlines our duty but then for our siblings it also outlines their level mm. of respect that they need to always uphold for their sister yeah exactly and so i yeah i've just always found that interesting just the different versions of that in my life mm. yeah just the people around me and and yeah and, and just more than the role or the actions but the feeling of sisterhood mm. i just think that's really sort of worth exploring so that then i don't know i just think like especially older sisters i just feel like they really need to be celebrated more Mm. but also they really need to like we need to sort of acknowledge how complicated that relationship between an older sister and you know younger siblings Mm. is as well um yeah so just to appreciate it but not to just claim it is a wholly good thing Mm. but to actually yeah examine it and see what's what the experiences are yeah with, people, with these relationships yeah. i reckon that term like beautifully like tragic is like such mm. a good thing like it's such mm. a good term when describing yeah that sister kind of duty and mm. like yeah mother mothering on yeah like i don't know similarities to like being a mother mm. because it's really like straining sometimes um yeah. on like a young girl yeah like Especially when you when you become a sister when you're like four or five yeah. or six or seven, it's like, cause it you, it just something clicks inside of you and it's just like something yeah it just switches and yeah. you just become, like a sister. Yeah, you're like yeah. you need to grow up a bit now or like yeah, you yeah. need to help look after you know a younger sister or brother or whatever. Mm. Yeah, it's really yeah. How do you feel like it um has like kind of impacted in a way that's, sometimes like painful or like mm. or like. I feel like um, what I notice a lot is like a struggle to um, remember that I'm not mothering mm. like that that maybe like that sort of sense of responsibility might be called upon 
and it is naturally called upon, you know, when I have to sort of, um, you know, organize things for me and my sister and, you know, get us here and there and, you know, help her out and give her advice and all this kind of stuff in a way that's sort of more involved than maybe a normal or like, especially more like a Western, like sibling relationship. But Mm. I feel like, um, I find it really tricky to then separate myself. Yeah. Yeah, I find it really difficult to, like, to then, if my parents are there, to not be so involved. And I find that really, like, it's sometimes really hurtful because it's Mm. like, but I am involved, so I can't Mm. not, you know. Just because you're there, yeah. Yeah, so I can't, like, sort of just be her sister sort of thing. Like, and so that's, yeah, and that's exactly what I sort of want to explore because, I mean, there's no right and wrong and everyone's experiences are sort of different Mm. but um yeah i think it's really interesting Mm. 